Okay, so I, uh, I got a stool here today because I thought it looked really cool when Jeremiah was speaking with a stool, and I wonder if I'll be able to sit down and, and stand back up, but it might be really uncomfortable for me today to do that, but it's a little different, like, woo, but no, I don't know. Um, but I do want to start with uh, just this, like, a lot of EJ's songs that he's been singing um, at chapel has been has been reminding me a lot about growing up and Sunday mornings when I went to church with my parents like we would listen to like once again like as we started playing that I was like oh I remember this like we listen to that a lot and um, there's been some other songs he's played that I'm just like oh yeah yeah that's cool yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's so like ingrained and now I hear it again. I'm like, I remember the lyrics and it's it's a lot of fun. Um and what I really do enjoy about it too is it reminds me of that like comfortable spot like with my family going to church on a Sunday. Or just I remember also these songs were also really loud when they were getting ready and everything. So our house was just like filled with this music while we were all getting ready. So that's really nice. Um and it's I hope you like that story, but uh, yeah. So what is your most comfortable place and why? Like did, did any of that like pop up in your day because of the devotionals this morning? Um, so yeah, give me examples of what's a comfortable spot to like sit in, what's a place where you go to when you want to be comfortable, um, something that you do, Judah? Shower. Castle under your tree. Cool. That sounds amazing. Your bed. Beds, I think a lot of people can relate with beds. What else? On your horse, yeah? <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I think I, I can remember all those times when you just fall asleep in the car and it's nice. Ripping, okay. Ripping around the concert. Shay? Like fun and comfortable, and it and it feels kind of like, like everything's under control. Gage, your dirt bike. Okay, I think I could have guessed that one. Um, but yeah, comfort is this really big topic, and I think for a lot of us, this these different examples that we have given tonight is just places where it feels like a lot of things are in control, and sometimes it's those just those moments where you're like. I can breathe and I kind of know what's going on and, and nothing's going to happen to me in this space because I, I can control it. And w the reason why comfort is such a big topic is because it really touches on like physical, emotional, and spiritual. And each of those are interlinked. So you could be comfortable physically, like curled up in a blanket when it's raining, reading a book with hot chocolate. And that's really comfortable physically, but it can also be like emotionally rest, like um, restful and everything. And Or maybe you just had that time in the morning where uh, you went to Cross Hill and you decided to do your Devo there and, and it and was spiritually comforting. Um, but this is, a lot of these, like the physical one especially, is more about being comfy than necessarily being comforted. Um, but we have that, that feeling of comfort because everything is in its place and in control. And it feels like we have control over everything that's around us. That that what makes something feel so comfortable. And we crave that comfort in a lot of different ways by trying to control what is around us. 
Um, maybe we do this in different ways. So maybe it's in the image that we present of ourselves on social media because that's a specific lens that people can see us through and we have control over what they end up seeing. Or uh, this is another one, or it could be video games where it gives us that sense of control because you're literally controlling something, but also just an escape or a distraction from what's going on. And if we know that we cannot control something, we, we tend to try and escape from it. And there's a lot of different ways that we do find escape. Um, that is through, yeah, maybe social media because it's something that you present to people. Um, and it could, yeah, video games or drugs or pleasure or buying things or books or television or movies or Netflix or whatever it might be. It is that spot of comfort. It's just another place where you have control over what's going on around you. Or you're just able to distract yourself, to deceive yourself into thinking you have control. And so we want to escape to that. We want to get to that place where control is all around us. And I really think that craving for control is actually a much deeper craving to have security. To just be secure, to have a place where everything makes sense and where nothing is going to hit us. Like no hardship's going to hit us. Um, especially when just the randomness of life hits us. There's so many different things that can happen. So many different stuff can hit us. It's, it's hard and it's difficult and we struggle through it. And it just, we don't have the control. And we crave the security so that we will be in control. But the things that we go to, um, those things that I kind of listed, uh, they're barely able to even treat the pain. Because at best, they just distract us from what's going on. And they're not actually that deep comfort or that desire for security. It doesn't get there. It, it's like treating the pain but not the disease. And it's barely a temporary fix. Like you always need to, need to go back to it. And you, you're not always sure if it's going to bring you even that same type of comfort. And so for the rest of this, I want you to start thinking about comfort as something, as security. Um, feeling secure mentally, physically, um, but what is most important and will affect the other two and how you feel about those is spiritually. And the secret, if I can kind of call it that, is who you find security in. If it's in yourself, it won't last. If it's in other people, it won't last. If it's in things, it won't last. And if it's in expecting a life without pain, that won't happen. And I say this because the Bible kind of presents us with this view of, of safety and security and, and comfort um, in the midst of hardship, pain, suffering, and difficulty. Um, and yet we see in the Bible people are still very confident in their security and in where they can go towards um, in that. And this is because they have found that security in God um, who does not change. So their desire, that craving towards security is found in God. And nothing of this wor world can rock like at all that deep inner confidence that we find um, in God. When no matter what happens, we know that God is in control. We don't have to be, but we know that God is. And so if you have your Bible, um, please turn to Matthew 16. Um, we're actually going to be working through the whole chapter, skipping just a little bit, but I'll be explaining what happens in those small bits. Um, but it will just provide us with maybe maybe a different way of you know fully understanding it, and we'll just walk through it slowly. And so the first section of verses that I'm going to be reading is um, verses 1 to 4. So I'll start in verse 1. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather, 
for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. I didn't really know what to make of the sign of Jonah when I first read this. Um, but if we think back to the Jonah story, um, what, what do you remember about the Jonah story? Anybody? Anything that just pops up? Gage? Yeah, the whale, right? Yeah, he was whiny on that whale. But we're going to focus on the whale um, because he was, Jonah was in the, in the whale for three days and three nights. Uh, which, who else was, like, gone three days, three nights? Jesus. Um, that's the sign that Jesus is calling them towards, um, his resurrection. That hasn't happened yet, but that is the sign that, that he says, you guys, when I am going to die on a cross and be resurrected, that's the sign that you can look towards to know that I am God and that I am good. And I think we, when we desire comfort or security, we easily want to desire those different signs that God can give us. And so we're, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we're looking for, in the moment, God, just show me something right now. And I'm not saying that's bad. Sometimes God does show us things in the moment that do comfort us and that do help us and do help us to know that he is there and helps us to know that he cares. But if we cling towards on the, to the cross... That is what guarantees our eternal security. That is what guarantees us something way beyond just now. And that's the hope. So I just want you all to know that that is the hope that we're looking towards about the end, an eternal security that is beyond anything that we can imagine and that isn't in any of our actions, but it's just found in Jesus and in his work. Okay? So I'm going to keep going, um, keep reading in verse 5. Uh, when, I, when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You have little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I always thought this was kind of a funny passage. I don't know. The disciples seem like really dense <laughs> in, this, in this passage. But um, the teaching that, that they're referring to is the, the Pharisees, who very emphasized that they did not believe that Jesus is God. And so they, they had no faith in what Jesus was doing and that he is God. And so yeast is that unbelief as well as a, like a very prideful trust in themselves that they could work towards righteousness, that they were good just as they were. So they did not recognize that they were sinners in need of help and that nothing they could do would help, would save them or bring them that security. They didn't even recognize it. And so they were trying to find that comfort in themselves. And I think that's something that we do. So often we try and find comfort in ourselves, in what we do, in the image that we rep represent, or the, 
things that are around us. It's a way for us to exert control over what's going on around us, to say, I can do it, or, or I can control this situation. But it's a lie. We cannot control what life brings us, and we cannot secure our eternity either. We cannot secure a hope that is so great that can withstand hardship and difficulty and struggle and pain and all of that. And, um, you know, Jesus and that message keeps pushing us towards clinging to the cross and not towards comfort just finding in ourselves or, or finding the strength in ourselves to move forward or finding that spot where we feel like we have control over everything. You know, we are conf confronted with the challenges of life all the time and we want that escape. And I completely understand it. If we don't have Jesus as a comfort, it makes sense to want to escape. There's things that we face in this world that we just don't want to and that is uncomfortable and difficult and painful, but often we do so through the own ways that we think we can do that, which is, again, drugs, pleasure, books, video games, social media, and whatever it is, a bunch of other things that provides us with that feeling of control or helps us to forget. Um, we think we can find security and comfort when we have control, but we just don't have that. Only God does, and he invites us into that. He invites us to actually partake and participate in that. But you need to really know God and trust him in that way. If you don't actually think that he can trust you, then you won't go to him for that comfort. If you don't think that you can trust him, you won't go to him for that comfort. I had this really dumb example um, with Iron Man, and I think I'll just say it. Maybe some of you will get this, but I don't know. Um, I think I'll just do it because I bought Avengers Endgame today. Um, so if you, if you guys, if Iron Man didn't really trust his suit, each time that he got into it uh, to like be bulletproof or to actually help him fight or help him to fly, he wouldn't ever use it, right? Like he, he's the one, he won't actually get into it to use it. So in the same way as if you don't, guys don't see God as, as trustworthy or as somebody who will provide comfort, if you trust in him, you won't go to him for comfort. And that's a kind of silly example, but I hope that communicates the idea a little bit more. Uh, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, and then read from Matthew 16, verse 15. I'm just going to drink some water. <coughs> and if any of you are listening to the podcast, or I'm sorry, it's not clear, but that yeah, that is the right one. Um, if anyone of you were listening to the podcast or here in the first week, you'll remember this. But Tanya talked to us about who we say Jesus is. And she used this verse as well. And so Jesus is asking Peter, um, his disciples, who they think he is. And so he says this. Um, but what about you? He asked, who do you, say I, who do you say I am? And then the next verse, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And so Peter answers this question right. And it, it matters who you say God is, not because it changes God or not because it changes um, somehow who God is or, or what he is, but it does change the way that you approach God. If you actually find him as comforting, you will go to him for comfort. If you don't, then you won't. If you don't think of God as loving, then you won't think of him when you, you, when you need to love or when... Um, when you need to be loved. You won't do those things. And this isn't like a magical fix in your mind or something that, that will change you. 
but it is a small switch into what we think about and how we actually go to those different things. So if you know that God is in control and that, and you submit your life to that, that changes how you live and that changes where you want to find comfort and security. And it doesn't mean that difficulty won't happen. God does not promise us an easy life on earth. But trusting that God is in control satisfies that deep craving that we have for security. We should recognize that we do not have control. Oh my goodness. Sorry, my throat's really annoying. Uh, we will recognize that we don't have control and we'll never have it. And only then will we, will we be able to submit to the control of Jesus in our life. So our focus shifts away from control and things. Um, but to knowing that God has secured our eternity in Jesus. No longer is the pressure on yourself to control everything around you. It's not on you. It's not on your own strength, but it is in Jesus. And so if we jump down then to verse 23 in Matthew 16, I'll read from there. Jesus turned and said to Peter, um, sorry, um, verse 22. Uh, so Jesus says that he's kind of done the right, like, um, that he's gotten it that Peter has gotten it right that he is the Messiah and then he says what he's going to endure the cross suffering and all that and then Peter kind of takes Jesus aside and it says Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him never Lord this shall never happen to you but then Jesus turned and said to Peter get behind me Satan you are a stumbling block to me you do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? <coughs> for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So it, it is kind of weird how Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. But I want to point out what Jesus says afterwards about you're only thinking about human concerns, not the concerns of God. And it is important to have the concerns of God in mind because then you will know how you are secure. It is that shift in focus and then the security in God will be comforting. It will, more than, it will be more than just something that you say. If you actually focus on what God is doing in this world and what he is ushering into this world, then your focus shifts to him. You find your security in what he is doing and the life that he wants you to live and in the control that he has and in his sovereignty and not in yourself. And that's what we strive towards. We strive to have God's concerns first. And that could look like a lot of different things. It's, it's loving others, caring for, for them, growing with God, your own pursuit of God. It's recognizing that you are sinful and, and that you continually grow in confessing your sin, repenting, and turning back to God. It's turning away from your sin and going towards God. Um, and you see that too in the next few verses of, of the call that Jesus has placed on our lives that is much bigger than just the Sunday service. But Jesus is calling us to complete another devotion to him. Only if you have God's concerns first and trust him for your security, then will you be able to lose your life because you're not actually trying to constantly control your life. If you're not doing that, you're still trying to save your own life 
without trusting in God's security and the eternal security that he has provided. And then in verse 26, it even says that the whole world, nothing that you can gain in this world, be it money or, or how people see you or whatever it might be, that is not, not enough to sa satisfy that craving for security in you. Making Jesus the Lord of your life, surrendering that whole control over to him is how true comfort is found. It is how we can stand in the midst of pain and suffering and hardship and still be fully comforted by God because God is in control and we are secure in Jesus. Everything in this world will want to distract you from that reality of what is going on, of that sin, of that difficulty, of that pain, and it will push us to want to escape. But Jesus actually conf confronts that suffering and that pain and that reality and he tells us, you're unable to save yourself, but I'm here. Um, and he tells us that security and comfort is found only in him because of his work. And so we can cling to that. We can hold fast to the fact that we our security is in Jesus forever. And that means we can go through struggling physically. It means we can go through struggling emotionally because we are rooted in God and what he provides for us. And so I'm just going to pray. And then we'll finish off. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit will fill everyone in this room so that they can know that you are God and that you are in control over everything. I ask that wherever they are being distracted or desiring security in themselves, that you will show them how security, true comfort can only be found in you because you are the God over everything. I ask that as we all go from here that you will help us to focus on you and not on ourselves and on what you are doing in this world and help us to turn away from that deep desire for control in the ways that we think um, and rather see how that is fulfilled in you. Please show us your comfort in the midst of all the, that is going on in this world and in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.